Today is July 1st, Season 3, Episode 20. This is our 100th week of podcasting in two and a half years. Decky, I'm proud to say you're my co-host. How are you doing today? Dude, I'm doing phenomenal. What a week, what a podcast to have for our 100th week of podcasting. I mean, that's super freaking cool. Andy Cryer, dude. How are we today? It got emotional towards, what was it, like hour 15? Hour 25. And I don't want anybody to skip just to hear that because the the first hour 20 is a culmination. It led up to that point. Mm. And, oh, man, this is this was one for the books. Alexis Walsko, she is the founder of Lola Red. She started it in Boulder when she was 22 years old um, with part of her severance check that she got from the ad agency that she was working at. Um, but, man, it, what an incredible story. But... Really, it this this guest and this whole podcast is such a big milestone for us, man. And it's a great. She's one of the perfect people to have on for it. Episode one, uh, this episode in week one hundred was serendipitous. Serendipitous. So, marketing interns, enjoy the ride. do need some pr lessons yeah we were i was gonna ask i will ask you about that just like oh is this the real part well are we now real we're real real and live we're always real we're always real this is on the record yeah are you are you willing to go and say all this sure you know i'll say just about anything oh good that's great for podcasting i don't know if you knew that well i'm sort of surprised you're not drinking not swearing yet Mm. Uh, we have before I mean, we, we'll rip some beers every once in a while. Okay, but is that when you have guests? Uh, have yes. We, yeah, yeah, we've had really? beers mm, Usually on Fridays. Yeah. Oh, it's Thursday. Mm, yeah. Thirsty, thir- <laughs> thirsty Thursday. Yeah. Okay. So wait, how long have you guys been doing this? Two and a half years. How, what, should we change the format? I'll question you. Yeah, we'll start okay. there. How, how long have you been doing it? Two and a half years. Why? Okay, wait. How, I'm joking. What, um, why, do you, why, why are you doing this? Oh, that's a great question. It's a great question. We love having these conversations because you just walked into our house, complete stranger. We've never interacted. And we have an opportunity to talk to you for an hour about your story. And I came to your house. Yes. Yeah. And what's great about podcasting, as you will realize, is it's just an undistracted conversation for an hour. And rarely in this time and day do we really have that opportunity to have those conversations. Uh-huh. And I love learning from people like yourself and hearing this journey. Of you know that I honestly just read about today, where you you waited s- until today to oh, prepare. I didn't. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, I waited until about thirty minutes ago. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I waited until about two hours ago. Okay, okay. Yeah. so this we're is on the same page. Look how okay. present day this all right, is. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. doesn't get much better than that. But okay. yeah, how big do you want to go with this? The to number the one podcast to the moon. Number one podcast. What number are we at? Ooh, they don't rank uh, that far down. So yeah. we, we know where to go, but up. Exactly. We like to say, <laughs> I think we, I like to say we're the only ones in the Twin Cities doing what we're doing though, which is kind of cool. I and would agree. Yeah. We're the only ones really dedicating our time to others. Does it always have to be in your house? No, it does not. We've been on the road. We went to the state, uh, capital and Took we interviewed, uh, Karen Housley, Karen Housley, uh, one of our state representatives. Did you bring your chair? 
We did no. not. But we completely rearranged her office. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, you did? Yeah. It was pretty awesome. She wasn't even in her own office yet. We showed up like 15 minutes early and her little henchman was like, hey, you guys need to reorganize this, you know, to make it a podcast. And we're like, done, dude. We'll do it. No problem. Why don't we rebuild this room mm. at our offices at Lola Red PR downtown? And then you can do it there, and then it's convenient, and you just do a podcast with everyone that we have come through our doors. I would love that. Is there a um? Is it free parking? I, I can't pay for parking. Yeah, there that's yeah. okay. So good. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I have another question. Yep. Um, I did some research, like oh, you, I okay. said today. Yeah. Um, no office space, no little office spaces though in your office. It's all open. No. Mm. Why? That's bad for audio. There will be an echo. It will be an echo. Oh, we'd find we'd build you a proper space. Oh, we, I think Ty would help us with that too. He's pretty good with sound. Yeah, and it's we have a basement, so we have oh. a basement that is like yes, so it's underground and it's quiet. So I think you could do it. That's very interesting. We've only really been three floors up or two floors up, and right. I've never been underground doing a podcast. Yeah, before. we've never recorded underground before, yeah. which is. You know. I think we could make it because you know how many interesting people come through our doors every day. I'm fascinated. Who's I'm trying to think of who. Well, we had like a five-year-old come in today. That would be interesting. I would love to record a podcast with a five-year-old. <laughs> Gavin Thomas. I'll, I'll record a podcast with Gavin Thomas. I'll say it. I'll say it on this podcast. Okay. I don't know who that is. You don't know him? He's the uh, little viral meme kid that's from here. Oh. I don't know how else to describe him. And is there a I'm better sorry, way? I'm sorry. I don't know him. Yeah. But I mean, I'd love to. I'd Sure. He can come over. Represent him. Talk to his mom. They're good, okay. fr- they're good friends with Yam House. Okay. You know who they are. Yeah. No. Nope. Um, but. I don't know. That could be interesting. Just an idea. Idea. Yeah, That's ideas. what I do. I'm into ideas. Absolutely. I like that. Declan's usually our ideas uh, duo. He's the ideas guy. And then I'm the okay. guy like, ooh, how are we going to be able to obtain that? And then we kind of workshop it together. Yeah. He's he's a big What did big you guys ideas. study in school? Declan, engineering. And I was business. Oh. Yeah. oh what did you study in business? Uh, a little management, a little communications, kind of just business. Business. Okay. So yeah. business administration. Yes. Okay. And engineering. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? Well, currently I'm an engineer. I work for PCL Construction. We're building the parking garage at the airport right now. That's great. Um, Having a blast doing it. That's a big job. It is. Very big job. Yeah. I'm working a lot of hours there. But, uh, I mean, ultimately I really want to take, like, this whole podcast thing and, like, kind of the whole back-end stuff that we're doing and the business plan and, I don't know, all this kind of stuff that we're doing, I want to take it full-time. I'm also a comedian, so I've been doing a lot. I've been running the circuit around here. and How's that going? Really fun. It's just super competitive and it's i mean there's just so much it's competitive to be funny it's yeah there's just a lot of a lot of funny people yeah to get time to to get time on the mics get time yeah Mm -hmm. really yeah but you got your own mic that's the best part why don't you just go down to washington avenue in minneapolis and do your show live from the street how about this why don't i just go to any bar that wants to have any sort of people and then basically everybody like i already have my own little brand i just basically start hosting my own shows around the city yeah do that and then facebook advertising to mm-hmm. take it right so all you need is audio we've got the people we got that right we yeah. know some people that we know can do people. that yes yeah. mm-hmm. let's do that mm-hmm. okay that's fun i think the one thing though that this podcast does not have what? and now is working on is pr we like didn't oh. we uh, like can we start there like, i don't even really know what pr was we never really knew what it was until what january this year mm, yeah. aaron cornelius he's like the pr guy at, at st thomas okay. he came to us and was like 
you guys need to start doing PR. Like, start reaching out to people to write articles about you and, like, this, that, and the other. We're like, we reach out to people to write articles about us. We didn't really, we, we just really assume, didn't understand. We assume people were going to reach out to us. Yeah. So we didn't get it. Yeah. We didn't realize, like, going on other podcasts was good for our own podcast. Hence, which is why we went on Tyler's podcast, our producer. He runs his own podcast as well. Tyler, what's your podcast? It's called How They're Here. Okay. We're, okay. How, where are you on the rankings? Okay. <laughs> I am, if there, if there is a spot below where these guys are, it definitely is there. So a little backstory. I don't want to hijack this podcast, but I'm uh, uh, going to be a junior at the University of Minnesota. You actually came in and spoke at something that I was at. Oh. So I actually asked you a question there. And you, How no, did I do? Uh, pretty good. I was actually more nervous about asking you the question because you were like the commanding force in the room. Like there, you are on, like it was a marketing panel and you're sitting on this panel. I asked you a question and I was just like, I just really want to impress you because you were like, you're the person in the room to impress. I didn't do a good job. Well, now I'm sitting here. Now I'm here and now we're here. So something worked. Yeah. Yeah. Something's full circle. There. I, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is yet. Yeah. But we're definitely honest. full circle. Okay. Okay, so so your podcast not quite as popular. Not quite as popular. So I started it during the school year, and I'm taking this summer off just because I have an internship down at Thomson Reuters that I want to do uh, focus on. What but, are you doing there? Uh, I'm a marketing intern. Okay, Thompson that's Reuters. good. Yeah, so I'm just kind of getting the checking some of those corporate boxes and kind of seeing where I oh, those boxes. I know yeah. those boxes. Yeah, mm. you kinda, I don't fit them. I could tell. I don't. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a business podcast about creators and entrepreneurs trying to sort of take the same approach they are about, you know, focusing it down in Minneapolis and sort of the broader Midwest. Love to have you on when I pick it back up. Oh, sure, sure. My people sure. talk to your people. Okay, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, so I want to... Wait, I'm not done. Oh, you're okay. not done. Okay, oh. so wait, so this podcast, so you want to grow into this podcast. I have a question. Do you feel like everybody slash too many people are doing podcasts now? Uh, there, there is a lot of people trying you know to produce a podcast and go and veer away from the conversation of what podcasting has allowed this space to actually mm-hmm. be used for. And I think what Declan and I are always trying to do is create a space where it is to empower and to, and like just have people be inspired um, through another person's story. Mm-hmm. And we talk to people such as yourself that have accomplished awesome things. And then we have people that are sitting in similar shoes as Declan and I that are trying to um, reach out and, and, and achieve these same experiences and they're sitting in the same shoes as we are and we have those guests on and I feel like those sometimes are even more rewarding because there are sometimes people that uh, don't feel comfortable public speaking and they have an hour now to talk about themselves and they can pop the bubble of like um, being cocky and just promote themselves and that's the coolest experience when I can talk to someone that's 20 years old that's starting a clothing company and really doesn't know what they're doing but has just this passion to do something that they care about and they talk it into existence so we were just talking off air about how like radio's tough because you know you it's it's it's, it's timed it's this it's that it's there's a lot more of there's a lot more added stresses where the podcast medium in general is a long form media content platform i like that there's no rules there's no rules mm-hmm. it's very That's I like to the live. i mean the user interface is bad but it's terribly simple mm-hmm. it's People are spending, like, are listening to podcasts for 80% of a podcast he put out. Joe Rogan puts out three-hour podcasts, and 80% of the people are getting through, or people are getting through 80% of those episodes. Mm -hmm. We put out our podcasts, and people almost get through all of them. People are dedicating time because Mm -hmm. listening is more convenient than, like, watching or physically engaging on Instagram. Mm -hmm. 
and you know the frequency is not always there but what it allows you to do is it there's no rules and so when you're able to you know just sit down and have a conversation about yourself or just have i mean have a conversation about anything it could be mm-hmm. any sort of niche in, a, in the podcast space which is great and just being able to do that and then being able to like turn that into content for you know social media let it be the fuel source mm-hmm. for everything else that you're doing that's why we believe that like we kind of have that advantage because we've are, we've done it for two and a half years we've messed around with how to actually record it what makes sense what sounds right now we're just here we have a streamlined process of bringing guests in knowing what to like knowing it's how to have a conversation let me tell glamorous. you let me tell you the glamour that you get when you come here you, mm. you, you get a full glass of water shelf right over to your right, right yeah there. not to brag and you get a nice cozy sectional that you can sit cross like <laughs> nice. yes. a nice cozy sectional. i'm joking i'm yeah. giving you a hard time who cares i think it's great yeah. thank you it's awesome. i think it's great i think there's a lot of people getting in the sandbox yet because I see your sign that dominate the sign dominate the sandbox. Yeah. I think there's too many people that are getting in it that don't have anything to say. Mm. So, and that's I get a little bit frustrated with that because um, I like podcasts. I like your podcast, um, but there's a lot of people out there that haven't found direction. Yep. Which so then you're just taking up space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. The barrier to entry into podcasting is you have a phone, you can record on your phone, and you mm-hmm. can upload it to the numerous platforms out there right. that can just kick that out to iTunes and Spotify and Google Play. Right. And now you're part competing with all of this, and you're saturating the market. So yes, it's very easy. Well, that's why you're one in one million, even though from a content perspective, you're probably one in a thousand, if yeah. that makes sense. Yes. So that's... Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's frustrating. I think it's hard to navigate. But I also think it's like anything else in the world. Ten years ago, we were talking about blogs. And we're yep. like, do you know what? The Today Show did a segment. What is a blog? So to teach parents what blogs were. Um, and now we understand what that is. But remember, that went from everybody was blogging to now they're not. Now it's more living on other social platforms. Mm-hmm. Just It's interesting to me. Yeah. There are a lot of people that come onto our show and we're like, oh, we want to start a podcast about this and we want to do this. And we're like, oh, yeah, we can help you like figure out how to start it. But you're going to have to be committed because what is it? Ninety percent of podcasts don't make it past episode seven. Yep. And there's seven hundred thousand podcasts out there. So seven hundred thousand. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's I, I just sent Mackenzie the. The, the new statistics you can forward yeah. it to you and they just came out uh, this month and 700,000 podcasts 90% of them don't make it past episode 7 and only like a certain percentage of them do a weekly podcast so when you really look at the grand scheme of things like when you ask where we're ranked yeah um, you have to kind of look at us in a different light of okay we're putting three podcasts out a week and we've done it for two and a half years and we've had we have over 180 different podcasts Oh, so interesting. You want to hear something really cool? Mm-hmm. You are the 100th pod, a week of podcasting for us. Yep. So we have released a podcast now in 100 weeks out of the last two and a half years. And I'm on the 100th. You're the 100th one. Yeah, I like to win. Yes. Feels like a win. And we're throwing, a, win. Yeah. <laughs> we're throwing a boat party to celebrate it. Yeah. What are you doing on the boat? It's a river boat, uh, live music. Uh, over by the on, uh, Mississippi River. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of that river. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's called, a big one. It's called Boatella. Very large. Oh, it's Boatella. Yeah, mm-hmm. Boatella. Oh, that's fun. Who is performing? Yam House. 
Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I don't know them. They're, I was thinking it might be Lizzo because it seems like you guys oh, are just God. about as big. We so people have already challenged us to get her on. We're working on it. Yeah, I, I know. I heard on. that one of the questions or something to ponder is who would I challenge you to get? Mm. Yes, I've got one. Okay, Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, let's get number Sha- one. He's huge. Literally. It's like, I don't know how he'd get up your stairs. It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. But I think that he, like, he he is thoughtful of what he does. So that would be a good challenge. I really like that challenge. Okay. I've seen him on on Hot Ones. I don't know if you're familiar with that YouTube show. No. He eats these wings, and he's an interesting cat when it comes to uh, his PR routine, I'd say. Um, he is a piece of work. So we actually did a party with him for the Super Bowl. So at my company, we were, we helped to promote a party that he was at. Um, I got an awesome picture with his shoulder. So because <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. it's awesome. you were able to it's reach his shoulder from five, three to whatever, which is my height to his height. Like, there was nothing. There's, like, no selfie to be had. Mm, that's awesome. Um, He's DJ Diesel, which yep. I wasn't sure that he was actually spinning, doing anything. We don't really know what he does in terms of DJing. But he does, it's, it's again. I'm not sure. It, I don't know. So why don't we challenge Shaq to come here and show us? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He was at Zombie Pub Crawl back this past October. Yep. Yeah, DJ Dieseling. Yeah, I saw him. It was kind of weird, to be honest. Yeah, well, so he was there with Jamie Foxx, who Jamie Foxx at this party seemed like his kind of hype man. I think there were two moments that we felt like we had arrived as my team was there. Number (laughs) one, we were asked to hold Jamie Foxx's vodka. Nice. Pretty unclear, but seems like he was traveling with his own vodka. We're Mm. not... We can't. We don't know what kind it was. We were hoping it was our friend's Grey Duck. It it's not Grey Duck. I was about they to weren't, say. Mm-hmm. They weren't in business yet when the Super Bowl was here. Um, and then one of my best friends was in the bathroom of this beautiful home. And someone started pounding on the door and yelling for her to hurry up. Which, she's a lady. She was just do, doing what you do. And she <laughs> opened up the door and it was Jamie Foxx waiting to get in but he was very insistent that he had to get into the bathroom hmm. so unclear yeah. isn't it weird maybe how a little patience would, would do for jamie a little bit of patience mm-hmm. yeah but i mean he's he was a busy guy had a lot of a lot of things going it had to be it's so funny right? how like as a celebrity you have these everybody's got like one story about you and it's either like really good really bad he was an asshole he did this he did that and it's just like you're making like many impacts that are long lasting. Oh, over that's time. really interesting. It's kind of wild. Like, imagine if you were—I mean, you are famous. You're on this podcast, and you're you, right. and you started very, and you started, I'm, and you started a little red when you were 22. Mm, very famous. And you're from Boulder, or you went to Boulder. Scope went off. to Boulder. Mm-hmm. You know, you're famous. Like, you got to You got to You almost. Not, to... But I did have a famous moment actually in the past week. Oh, big famous moment. Let's hear mm-hmm. it. I was at the Twins game. And a young guy came up to me and said, hi, are you June Walsko? Mm. Couple of things. No, I'm not. So... You're Alexis Walsko. <laughs> so my name is Alexis Walsko, but it was my greatest moment ever because my dog's name 
is June. June Walsko has her own Instagram account, June at work. So I thought I had won the lottery. I was famous. Mm, but even amazing. more important, June was famous. There you go. June's your chihuahua? Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. I have two. Two chihuahuas. So I've got a total of six pounds in chihuahuas between two. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is, is there is it evenly distributed or is one like five? Absolutely not. Nope. One's four. One's four. Like four, one's two point eight. Okay. Okay. So mm, little dogs. Nice. What? It's what, okay. You'd like them. Yeah. I, I. That's my question though. Like, what? What drew you to little dogs? And um, not only little dogs, like the littlest dogs. Um, that is a funny question. Funny and good question. So I was living in Boulder. I lived in an apartment building where um there was actually a sign up that said, "No dogs, even if visiting." And I accidentally went to the pet store, which is also where you're not supposed to buy a pet. Is this during college? Uh, right after college. Okay. And there was a little chihuahua there that was with a Yorkshire Terrier. My friend wanted to see the Yorkshire Terrier because this is what you did back then. And I was like, oh, it seems like the chihuahua's friends with it. Like, I'll take the chihuahua, whatever. We'll play with him. And this little blonde chihuahua sat down in my lap. And, like, crossed her legs, and she was was wearing a striped dress, and she matched one of the stripes on my dress. Hmm. And I was like, oh, shoot. And so, at that time, I had $625 in my savings account. And the dog was $600. So, I took my first savings I'd ever had after college of $625, and I spent $600 on a puppy. Wow. Wow. And it's still your puppy today. Uh, Lily went, had her final day around Thanksgiving of this year. She lived to be 17 and a half. Mm -hmm. Good run though. So great run, Mm -hmm. great run, great life. But in preparing for what might be Lily's final day, shame on me, but I did a little bit of preparation and then I started collecting other chihuahuas. Oh, awesome. So that's how I ended up with two more. Great. So during that time though, when you had $625, 600 went to Lily Mm -hmm. and the other 25 was during its nascency of Lola Red. Correct. Where are we at? It was well. Lola Red at that time. I had just started Lola Red. So interestingly, so Lola Red, my PR firm. I started it at twenty-two. Yes. Okay. So, um, at twenty-two, I spent about six months in that. I worked for an ad agency in Denver. At that ad agency, they announced that they had lost their biggest client, and they announced that they were doing layoffs. And yeah. back at this time, like, and however their process was as they told everybody that they were doing layoffs that spent that sent about 90 percent of the people into a total tailspin and because they didn't know they didn't have a timeline for it you just knew that it was potentially coming which i think that's a lot of crisis to deal with like that seems tough now every meeting you get asked to it's like am i gonna get laid off right but i was like i hate this job so i'd only worked there for six months i every morning i was 20 minutes late to work i left 20 minutes early i could have cared less like just did not like it it was your first job out of college they're about pretty close um and so i had sort of this side hustle because it was actually an internship in college where when i worked for a company they asked me to write a press release and get them in national media so i had done that as an intern in college and i'd sort of like practiced that and developed all of these contacts with national media outlets 
So when I was working at this ad agency, I had a side hustle and my side hustle was doing PR for smaller companies and word traveled. So I was the girl in Boulder, Colorado that could get you in national magazines if you were like a beauty company or whatever, which is what was my first interest. So when I had this job at the ad agency, I still had clients as sort of the backup. So I'd like go home at night and this was like, this was olden days compared to you guys where you'd like fold press releases, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, put it in the mail, olden days. But so um, I was able to do that on the side. So I knew that I had that backup. So when this ad agency announced that they were doing layoffs, I marched down to the HR office and was like, hi, I think... I pick me. <laughs> I'm ready. Like, pretty much. And the reason I did it is because I thought I was going to get a huge severance check, which it wasn't. was not huge. Um, but there it, was one. There was one. Nice. And it was fair. It was $1,500. So I took my $1,500 severance check. And first I paid my rent, which was $750. Mm. And within two weeks, I had registered my business and had our first clients. Nice. So that's how I started Lola Red. And just to tell you about the name. Yeah. Um, cause people always ask and I always forget to tell, um, I was, my name is Alexis Walsko, like not glamour, like not a glamour name, like not very proud of my parents, my heritage, my upbringing, but like not going to roll. What's tough too is like, there's not a lot of nicknames that come from Alexis. I feel like. Oh, see my, here's what's interesting. I get nervous when people call me Alexis mm. because I think I'm in trouble. Hmm. Ooh, kind of backup question though. Mm-hmm. Did Alexa made my life miserable? I hate Alexa. I'm mad at Amazon about it. That is what people call me, and I correct them immediately. I'm like, thank you. No, it's Alexis. So if you want to go down that route, <laughs> it's not going to work well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, but anyways, like, continue. Every Lyft driver, every Uber driver, every like greeter at a hotel that sees it and doesn't look, I'm Alexa. I'm like, mm, no, no, thank you, no. Thank you, next. That's what I say. Thank you, next. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Ariana Grande. But so, um, uh, so Lola Red, I really like Madonna. Her daughter's nickname is Lola. Mm. And at the time, my car was red. So Lola Red was developed. And also, I thought it was kind of in the earlier days of like marketing to women and this whole sort of female marketing slant. So I had someone draw a cartoon character that resembled me and that became Lola Red. So I used to send out all of my press materials signed love Lola Red. So I became that girl. So um, that's how national media took notice. And that's kind of how we got our legs was just by being a little bit bold before it was appropriate to be, bold and having a weird name and yeah that's awesome I'm, i mean that sounds serendipitous i really don't know what serendipitous means but i think that's what it is um so you're in, <laughs> <laughs> so you're in boulder at the time but mm-hmm. now your your company is founded pretty much in the twin cities no so founded in boulder founded okay. and grew in boulder and then we um It was a few years later that I came back to Minneapolis because Boulder just got too expensive. Mm. But now I'm proud to say we actually just moved two people out to Colorado this month. We have our Colorado office back open. So it is it's good. But I like I love Boulder. I tell people that is where I learned to be a human being like Colorado. I dig those people. I get it like that's 
Yeah, we need more more that. You're oh, Colorado. Oh yeah. I, How I the vibe. heck do you live here and you're from Colorado? Oh, good question. I get that asked all the time. Uh, I came out here originally five years ago uh, to play football at St. Thomas and okay. be an engineer. I heard okay. about the school from uh, actually a priest that was in the seminary there. Okay. And he was like, you got to check out the football program. Like, these guys are awesome. I was looking to play football at the time. Yeah. Um, took a trip out here in like January, like a Thursday in January. What? Oh, yeah. It was during the J term. It was like the only time I could really make it work. Came out here and it was one of those things where it was like, uh, people are like, oh, you're going to Minnesota? Like, oh, it's like a different cold up there. And so that, because I'm a skier, like outdoors guy, I love the cold, like kind of love the cold. And I was like excited to experience a new cold. And then I got here. Antarctica. And I was like, Antarctica oh, yeah. compared to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's it's brutal. Um, uh-huh. But I but I loved it. I, I loved St. Thomas. I loved the area. That was cool. Then came up here and been here ever since. Wow. Okay. Where are you f- from in Colorado? Uh, Denver, but like. 20-ish minutes south of Denver in Highlands Ranch. Oh, Highlands Ranch. Okay. I, know I went it. to uh, Regis Jesuit, all okay. boys Catholic high school. Okay. That sounds like fun. Yeah. It was it was electric. I'm One sure. of the best decisions I've made. Really? Yeah. I'm like judging, not judging. Like That's fun fine. and that I think it'd be interesting, whatever. Yeah. So there was an all-girls campus on the same in the same school. Oh, so that like, sounds even more fun. Yeah. So it wasn't okay. like bad. Okay. That's cool. Okay. But Colorado, do you go back a lot? Um. Yeah. Visit family and stuff. Okay, where do you like to ski? Um, Vail's probably my favorite. Okay. And then, I mean, I buy the Epic Pass every year, so I just rip Breckenridge, Keystone. Yep. Um, Beaver Creek, Vail. Okay. Do you know what I love? What do you love? Snow. Snow. I love the snow. And so, actually, this winter in Minnesota has been awesome. We actually, our offices were closed for seven days in total because we close our offices when Minneapolis public schools close. And oh. there were so many snow days that that was that. So I love it. But typically I have to go to Colorado at the end of the season because I just want to like sit, see it, touch it, feel it. And like you, you can like get, you can be promised snow if you are in the mountains and it's February or March. There's nothing better. I know. There's literally nothing better. When I know. You're, you know, waking up at 8 a.m. and mm-hmm. it's like a Friday in like Beaver Creek and you're like, all right, let's just get after it. Mm-hmm. Like, my my favorite. I really day. like hiking too. And my yes. other thing that I do for adventure, I like to climb 14ers. Have you yes, climbed 14ers? Of course. How of course. many have you done? Uh, I think I've done five. Okay, I've done about the same between okay. five and seven. What's the hardest? There's one 54 of... in total. Yeah, there's a lot. I don't know how I'm going to do it in my lifetime because I'm doing about one a summer now. I got to really increase that. Well, I mean, you just moved an office to Denver. You might as well hang out there like a, for a summer. I can't. Yeah, I'm going to. Right. Mm-hmm. The one I don't suggest doing though, which is the one I did, is Long's Peak. Oh, so in Colorado Springs. Yeah. No, yep. no, no. Furthest north. Uh, oh. Kind of closer to Estes Park. But it is a 18-hour, one-day hike, class three. And, like, class five is the hardest. But it's a class three, so it's up there. And mm-hmm. that was, like, my second 14er I ever did. And I, what, like, started at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And got back down at, like, 6 p.m. Huh. Craziest day. Huh. But it's really cool. I've also heard you're challenging yourself to run ultra marathons. Next topic. Mm. <laughs> I, I heard a little birdie. A little birdie was in my ear. Um, I did. I'm so sad. So I had to bail. I was okay. supposed oh. to run an ultra marathon this weekend Whoa. in the UK. What? But what it was was that it was a two day. You could hike. You could walk. You could do whatever. 
Um, and it was a with a group that I had done a 240-mile bike race across Sardinia, Italy. And sort of the leader of the bike race was Richard Branson and his kids. Oh, wow. And there were about 60 other of us that did that for four days. And so they were doing this other ultra marathon trip. And I signed up, but just due to some scheduling and... The Back Pocket Podcast. Exactly. That's, That's why a... I'm not there. You're so booked. they go, they start on Saturday. Okay. So, but I have to sign up another, I have to do another one. Okay. You should talk to uh, local legend Courtney Dewalter. Okay, why? Because she's an ultra marathoner and she beats dudes by days. She's been doing these. Okay. She did the Moab. I don't think she wants to know me. <laughs> <laughs> she's. I'm not that runner. But get this. She like her. So she did the Moab 500. It's a 500 mile race. And she beat like the next closest person was like 12, 10 or 12 hours behind. She could have literally taken a whole night's sleep and still beaten the next person by two hours. Her diet nachos and like beer and doesn't give two shits. It's oh, I like that. I, the diet I can do. The diet, yeah. It, it's but like she is like a very just like relatable average person who so happens to be a beast. So happens to be just an absolute mm-hmm. monster. Okay, I would like to know her. I'm not going to compete at that level, <laughs> uh, at all. Okay, at all. Okay. Um, but I'm interested. I'm interested. You have to, it's all about your mind. It's actually, it has nothing to do with your body. Mm. Nothing. So I've done marathons in the past and it is nothing. Like you have to build up the endurance with your 14er too. And doing 14ers, you have to have the endurance, but you also have to not quit. Yes. Which that is the hardest part. And actually when I did this bike race, it was part of the, um, it's a strive, it's called the strive challenge. And when I did that, there were days We'd, we'd bike about 60 or 70 miles a day, and there were days when you would go uphill for 20 miles on a bike, 20 miles. And granted, you're at like a 3 4 5% incline, which isn't a lot, but it gets long. Mm-hmm. Like, it is long, it is hard, and there were times when I literally was like, I just actually can't sit on this bike for another second. And so I would get off the bike. And then I would just keep walking forward. And literally the only thing I was known on the race as the girl that never stopped because people were always like, oh, let's stop and get a coffee. I'm like, if I get a coffee, I'm never getting back on that bike. (laughs) (laughs) And and like, I'm not going to do that. So I would just keep going. But that is that is the mindset of those athletes. And I actually work with someone. It's like a lot of people in business, they have like business coaches. We have business coaches for my business, but I work with someone. His name's Aaron Leventhal. I like to call Aaron Leventhal my performance coach. So Aaron Leventhal is a former soccer player. He owns a gym called Fit Studios. He trains other people. He has a gym that has some of the hardest training, but I meet with him one-on-one to learn an athlete's mindset. And so, like, what is the athlete's mindset that helps you to perform better? And so he taught me, he and I have a mantra that I use every day. And my mantra is, I am Tom Brady. Oh, that's a perfect one. You are the greatest. You're the greatest. Yes. But as he's taught me all of these tools, what he actually taught me was that what makes Tom Brady one of the greatest 
is that Tom Brady figured out what works for Tom Brady. Yes. And that's what makes you the greatest. Mm-hmm. So if you can if you can be peaceful enough with yourself about whatever you're doing and however you get to be your greatest, that's cool. So you're ultra marathoner who love her if she is eating nachos and beer because that's what works for her. Like, amen. Like, go go that Do way. Yeah. Don't insist on finding the things that everybody else tells you works, which that's actually been my guide in entrepreneurship. I literally, I think I might be unemployable. So I can't go and work for someone else, but I found what worked for me, which was building my own business and driving my own way, which that's where I succeed. Mm-hmm. You know what's cool about that too is like, you when you when you focus on like one thing and you try and be the best at that what you end up finding is that you start learning more about yourself through those challenges and that mindset of that Tom Brady mindset that that you know locking in on what what am I what am I great at and then trying to pursue that and the and the challenge the failure the things that you go through to try just go through that thing is what comes all back on you and that's how you, and then i don't know i just find that you learn so much more by yourself through that kind of process but it's also the process of learning about yourself yeah. that makes you great mm, absolutely so and if you are not going to take the time to do that or live up to someone else's standards that are not your own you're going to waste a lot of time mm-hmm. it's yeah. not easy that's one of the the most fun that parts of that declan and i have is holding each other to really really ridiculously freakishly high expectations because we care about each other so much and we have so much fun with this podcast and it's all from five to nine or five to ten when we come home from work and we realize we have to get this content out because we are holding each other to this standard because our audience is expecting of that whether it's one person listening to your podcast or it's 200 people or it's 10,000 does not matter but we care about it so much and we want that process to be translated to the content that we're putting out that's actually really interesting and maybe that is my that is an interesting lesson that i'm going to take with me today Mm. so i love that you two have each other i haven't had anyone so ever so i i own my own business i'm an only child why i work with this guy aaron is actually because i needed someone to hold me accountable Mm. Um, so that's so interesting, but also it is that partnership, which I've always said, like one of the best things I did in business was not to have a partner today. I think after so many years in it, I'm like, okay, this picture may look different because how does it continue without me? And what does sort of succession mean? And how do you empower others and do more? Which that's a very new conversation for me. Um, how do you two hold each other accountable? What happens when Declan's like, oh, don't want to do it? And that's happened plenty of times. And it's usually when someone's like having a tough day at work or there's something going on in their relationship um, with some outside of what's going on right now. And it's it's a questioning. It's it's a why don't you want to do it? Is it's it's a um, just a a radical transparency that we're trying to be with each other. And yeah. when we realize someone doesn't want to do something, it's probably because they don't find value in it anymore. So we need to figure out a way to, so what's the point of doing that thing? Yeah. Then you have that conversation. Can we talk about radical transparency? So yeah. is that how your relationship is? Is it radically transparent? Yeah. Why does that work for you? Um, because it, it, it eliminates any sort of tension and eliminates um, uncertainty, uncertainty. And with that comes efficiency. 
So if you're letting shit build up between the two of us for a week, that could compound into two weeks to a month. And then now we've lost out on a month of a conversation we could have had earlier that could have propelled us to do something else. So if Andrew doesn't like to produce three episodes a week, and I do, and Andrew keeps doing it but hates it the whole time, and we do that for three months, if he had just told me right when he thought of it, we could have had that conversation and maybe figured something else out. We already did that this season with, we used to do four episodes, and we just hated, both of us hated doing it. The fourth episode, we were like, we don't care we about it. We like, we don't give a shit about a shorter episode of another show. It's like, it's clouding our feet, like, let's get, drop it. And we just decided over, like, a con- like we our rooms are a separate, but across the hall oh, from I each other. Oh, I saw them. Yeah. Okay. We open door policy at our office. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Open door policy here at Back Pocket Corp. And I like uh, yelled at Andrew. I said, Andrew, what do you think about just dropping golden nuggets? He goes, I was thinking the same thing. You want to do that? I was like, yeah. He goes, all right, let's just drop it. And then that was it. Business decision made. Boom. Yeah, that's why you don't need doors. Yeah. No right? doors. No doors. No, doors. Well, no, so that's interesting. So what we decided in business, I decided probably two months ago to give full transparency to our entire team. Mm. Which How big's your team, by the way? 24. Cool. With two in Colorado. Awesome. So what full transparency means is that I have decided to show every person in our office every dollar, every cent, every cent owed, who is owed, how we are doing in business, what that looks like, what the future looks like. And it is, um, it's tough. It's tough. And so, but I did it because I wanted to hold myself and my leadership team accountable to the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. I also think the majority of our team members are in their 20s and 30s. They are exceptional human beings. Exceptional. They are the best. One is sitting here, Mackenzie, who like, I can't even believe that she came with me tonight. Like, that is the nicest. Didn't have to do that. You have much better things to do. (laughs) (laughs) She agrees. She's like, I've heard this story. (laughs) And she um, listens to this podcast allegedly. She does. Um, she does. So actually, cool. that's why she wanted to come. She was like, "I want to meet them because I have listened to this." Because <laughs> Michael from Unreal, right? Yes. This is one of his hats. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. But so, in what happens when you give full transparency to a team like that? Number one, anyone that's like over the age of forty, and if they're a man or a dad, freaks out. So, like, my dad flat was like, "Oh, like that is the worst idea ever." Um, younger people are inspired by it, but what you do is that you open yourself up for constant feedback. Mm. So now from every single one of those people, it is constant feedback about like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why are you whatever? Which I think that is, I, I believe that that is something that we can manage through and manage to, and also help people to learn like, there's like a time and place to ask the question and there and like it just figure out what that looks like. But that has been the hardest because I think I think that radical transparency works. And in your case, it works. I think it also works in business and it can propel businesses forward. But if unmanaged, I think it's it can like really, really disintegrate a team, too. Absolutely. And it could it could put a lot of fear into people. Um, because that vulnerability can like it, it can eat at you and you think right. you're, 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 there's too many gaps and holes in you right. now that people are going to take advantage of you. Well, and what we were dealing with and why I decided to do it was that like some of our numbers were off. 
we'd like lost a couple of clients. That's hard. Like that's hard on morale. That's hard on a team. But then also just like when I was back in agency world before I started Lola Red, like that leaves a gaping hole when someone says like we lost a big client. So team members are like, well, does that mean that we're going to have to lose people? Did we prepare for this? Like, do we sit? Is there a mountain of hidden money somewhere? Like, they didn't know that. So I was able to show and be like, here's our reality. And also tell them that as your leader, here's where I get nervous. Here's when I don't get nervous. Like, this is what I see and how I manage. And you may like that and you may not. So, and if you don't, then then this may not be the right place for you. But I can tell you... I can tell you where I where where my fear comes in, and I've got a pretty good tolerance. Yeah, it's like a, it's like very like, I mean, you're instilling a culture, and you're I hope so. You're building that like accountability within that culture, and what's really cool too is I think there's kind of like a time shift. Like you said, the forty year old dad will freak out at what you're doing, but that's my po- dad would kill me. So right. I'm not going to share this podcast with him. <laughs> right, <laughs> but again, like the. Like- that's a that's a great representation of probably any four year old dad would freak out and because of that like look at the difference in, in age where you're hiring twenty yeah. to thirty year olds you're hiring these people who are all on social media that understand you know yeah. everything that you put is out there and that there I just think there's this whole time shift in this what we're in in this day, day and age is simply like vulnerability kind of wins and the more vulnerable the more transparent the more authentic you become the more people that uh, can relate to you and then. Just get the it gets the ball rolling and and that's what we've seen with our own brand in the back pocket and just like being honest with everybody. Hey everybody, we run a podcast, but we're two average dudes who, I mean, to be honest, don't really know what we're doing from time to time. And we'll tell I you don't that. have any clue what I'm doing anytime. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's fine. Nobody does. Anyone that says like, oh, I know what I'm doing, they're lying. Right? They're lying. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh-huh. And it, but in the it's the point of like humbling yourself to that point to then be that that leader that's at the same level as its employees and i don't know we don't have any well, we don't have any employees so we don't really know we just we have ty we have ty uh-huh. who's a killer employee who's killer yeah. number one number one i'm easy to manage <laughs> <laughs> we were we were both discussing them, like oh shit we never told ty to bring his mic and then we were like is he gonna bring it is he gonna be thoughtful is he gonna be thoughtful i have to bring this mic if i want to contribute and i always want to contribute <laughs> really? so i always bring yeah, it we don't have a fourth mic yeah it's out of our budget right now mm-hmm. so we're throwing bocella so we can get one more mic mm-hmm Oh, so you're going to make money off of it. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, we're, we're trying to. Allegedly. We had a big PR push today out of nowhere. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of wild. Yeah. We'd never done PR before, and we did it, and it was like, whoa. Okay, wait. What do you mean? We were in um, Music in Minnesota, the magazine, um, yeah. for the event, and we also got tagged in a post um, from Barstool Gophers, who's got 62,000 followers, yeah. and they threw us a- Do a little uh, giveaway. this? Barstool gophers. Well, Barstool is like <laughs> I know Barstool, but so they have like a wing for gophers. Each so each college will have its own Barstool page. So like the U of M has a Barstool Those page called Barstool smart. Gophers. They and are every. I mean, all the Big Ten schools have it, and they're all pretty okay. big. And yeah, so they so they have sixty two thousand followers. Yes, you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Helped us out. Okay, but like th- that's just like awareness, and that's why I wanted to ask you about because like we don't even really know. I don't know how PR really manifests itself and like what's the point behind PR? How does it work? What's the What do you benefits? think it is? I mean, oh my god, I don't it's pushing your brand out to or what you care about to other people, I guess. I don't know. Like it and then from there you're connecting Oh jeez. I don't I don't know. 
I don't. I have no idea what PR is. It's like well, I don't know what engineering stuff. is. So mm, okay. uh, there you go. We there can all go. we can learn from each other. Let's talk about it. Um. So what PR is is public relations is how you communicate to your public. Your public mm. can be your listeners. It can be your neighbors. It can be your friends. It can be your sponsors. Mm. It also is obtaining earned coverage for your thing, whatever your thing is. So your thing is a podcast. So getting earned coverage, so having other media outlets, that's a lot of what we do. The, The actual tactic is called media relations. And so media relations is communicating with other media outlets to get them to write about you because you're doing something cool. Not to write about you because you placed an ad. So if you placed an ad, then you get to say, back pocket is the best thing ever. And like, Andrew and Declan are amazing. Like, most significant human beings on the planet. You can place that ad. Earned coverage is when someone else gets to say what they think about you. Mm. So this is why it's interesting. Two young guys. One's an engineer. They came together. They've done more podcasts. Most people last through seven. So that is... Earned is when they can tell that story about you and then also integrate in whatever their opinion is on it if they have one. So there's owned, or just repi- earned, paid. Yep. Yeah. So there is owned or, or there is earned, paid. I said owned because like we own our own district. Like however yep. we want to so market you do ourselves. That as your, yeah. yeah. So then you do that as yourself. Like your own messages and what you put out there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and I mean, I think it also, a a lot of times it's like word of mouth marketing. So just getting more people talking to get more people talking because then it starts to snowball. Mm. So that makes me realize we've been doing PR correctly this whole time. You have. Dude, I didn't even know what it was. Our our listeners are our marketing interns. That's what we call them. Okay. Everyone really gets confused by that thinking we're actually talking to people in marketing that are interns, but really they are... They're just our listeners. Every listener is a marketing intern because they are talking about yep. our podcast word of mouth. That's smart. Mm-hmm. That's smart. So and if every person just tells five people, that's just what you guys have to do at this point. Mm. You just need to get every person to tell five people. And then if there's maybe an incentive for them to do it. So like, why don't you feature some of your marketing interns? They have oh, a great idea. Every Tuesday, the marketing intern okay. spotlight. We and interview our, okay. our listeners. Come on. Okay, I saw that. Is that featured on your YouTube channel? And, yeah, and I the podcast. Yeah. Okay, okay, and you should do a social media feature of them. Yes, but also, do. do you know what you guys should do? We should start inviting some other media members on so that you interview them. Okay. So, like, oh. you should interview my friend Allison Kaplan. She does the Twin Cities Business by All Means podcast. Challenge oh. accepted. Yep. You should also interview, I would say, either Jason DeRussia, Jason Matheson, Jana Shortall. Like, some of those people. Those Jays? Crush. All of them. Yep. All of them. They're all amazing. But they have their own shows. But they would love to learn about you. Because also, it is shared. Like, this is, as yeah. they grow, as you grow, like, what is it? Rising tides raise all boats. Mm. So, I think that they would all be really interested. And we're all looking for what's cool, what's next. Yes. Right? Yep. Yes. Just like Ariana Grande. Dude, just like her. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought she started on a show and called Victoria on Nickelodeon? I don't know. I didn't watch that. I just know her now. There you go. Because of her ponytail. Okay. What are you guys doing this weekend? Or do you ask timely questions on this podcast? So your podcast will re- be released the Monday after Boachella, um, okay. which is a week from Saturday. 
Okay. Well, I'm really excited this weekend. Have we, we haven't even talked about the sports side of our business. No. Yeah. Okay. So we also represent professional athletes. Two of our athletes, Kyle Rudolph and Jason Zucker, they are doing a lake bash at Lord Fletcher's. Very nice. This weekend. It's fun. We've done it in the past. You could probably Google it. Things show up. I'm really excited for the first time. I'm playing and competing. Ooh. What are the games? Um, there's quarters, there's flip cup. Okay. Is there beer pong? There's some big dice. I don't know, but I have a team. And do you want to know what my team is themed around? Pop stars. Nice. So my friend is Biriana Grande. Nice. Because it's like like Beer Olympics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's perfect. Right? We have Beyonce. Ooh. I'm Britney Spears. Right? Are you dressing up? We also up? have Every- Beer Z. No, we have t-shirts made. Mm. Oh, that's legit. Mm-hmm. So, like, we are on brand. We should come. It sounds like Yes, class. you guys should come. You can't compete, though, because I'm going to win. That's fine. So, I'm really working on my competition. Last year, Kyle Rudolph and his team won. They're going down. How many teams are competing? Unclear. 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 But you're coming out. <laughs> doesn't matter. Well, yeah, in reality, it doesn't matter. You're coming out on top. doesn't make a dent. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I am. So, because do you want to know what the secret is to be your Olympics? Drink. Just guess. Drink it's, a, it's a marathon. Don't drink. Don't, don't drink. Don't drink. That, is, oh. that is the game. The old over the shoulder? A little bit. Mm-hmm. I think a little bit over the shoulder. And they can't monitor that. They can't monitor that. No. So, no. I think a power move would be just to, like, dump it on yourself and just be like, look yeah, at me now. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I would just go. like to win. There you go. You're naturally mm-hmm. competitive. I like that. Mm-hmm. I know. So, I think we're going to have a practice the night okay. before. So, what else with the uh, the sports world? Um, well, how'd you get into yeah. Like, how'd you get into representing? Like, you've I got think that's into... why I'm sitting here. It's because that's what they told you was interesting about me. Yet, that's not even what I've talked about. Hey, right? Where sports is not what How did I get you? into sports? Well, I just want to know how you got like you went you said uh representing beauty clients and the people that you had represented. Yeah, in the like past. lipstick, perfume, yeah, makeup. And, and now, now I represent and our company, Lola Red, Lola Pro, our good friend Mackenzie here, leads our Lola Pro division representing professional athletes like Kyle Rudolph, Jason Zucker, Ben Lieber. Chad Greenway. Chad, Well, Chad Greenway, we represent his vodka. David Morgan, Minnesota Vikings, Xavier Rhodes. More and more are coming, too. How did we get into this? So it was a client that we had in the PR business mm. that he had a chiropractic clinic called orthology orthology there are a number of clinics here and on the east coast he had a special methodology but dr josh as he built out these clinics he still only served a handful of clients and those clients were professional athletes and so dr josh came to me and asked me since we helped his business helped him do a lot of pr he said can you can you do for professional athletes what you do for me and we sat and thought about it for a second. And of course, since I'm a yes person, I'm like, yeah, like absolutely. Having no idea what I was getting into. Um, also having no idea who any of these professional athletes were. So he threw out a bunch of names and I was like, yeah, like, sure, we'll talk to them. I don't know. I didn't know. Forget Kyle Rudolph, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. I didn't know who you were. Like, I didn't. I like, I know big country. So, like, now I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love them so much, but I just didn't know a ton about sports. I'd like done stuff with Randy Moss in the past, like other projects, but like, didn't like, 
No clue. No clue. So that's how we got into it. And we started just to test and figure out, can we make a difference for an individual like we make a difference for these big companies? And in doing that, can we can we boost their profile, help them to raise money for great charities? Mm-hmm. Can we amplify their time when they are in the spotlight and use it to do good? Can we help them and help to bring their spotlight to other companies and growing companies and help them? Maybe they make some money. Maybe some other people make some money. And if we can do that, like we're actually doing a really cool thing. And if we can not be geeked out over the sports part of it, that's kind of even better because we bring this perspective to it and that like, I love it when the Vikings win. I do. I Personally, it's very, very fun for me. How much do I care? Eh, I, like, want my Vikings players to be happy. I want them to win for themselves. Like, not going to ruin my day. So you're not, you're not that vested. Not that vested. I'm, like, interested because it's interesting. And right now, I'm mostly interested because I really like to learn. And yeah. I'm learning everything about sports. But to be learning everything about sports from a professional athlete that is like the coolest teacher I could possibly have and the coolest experience I could possibly have. But we also, the perspective that we're able to bring to them, I think has brought them so much and brought us so much. And so introductions, it's just cool. One of the coolest things I think about that story is your willingness to take on the challenge with all of those unknowns inside your team. Uh-huh. Yet you had the ability and it goes back to that radical transparency to be to put yourself in discomforting uh-huh. situations to end up being successful because, you know, you're going to challenge yourself to that extent. Well, and it's even someone someone like a Kyle Rudolph who Kyle, I was like, dude, I don't know if we can do this. Like, I don't like here I am, blonde girl, didn't know who you are. Now I'm sitting here. I've heard you're awesome. Because he was one of our first. And he was like, I think like I'm game. He's like, yeah, you the marketing lady. I'm like, yep, that's what they call me, the marketing lady. Thank you. <laughs> um, And I was like, let's try. And so we did. And it has been kind of this rocket ship ride that has been so cool. And I think the perfect example of what we are able to do and what we're able to be part of is like last night, uh, Jason Zucker was was recognized with the King Clancy Award. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, that is all of his work. That is his work. That is what he has done with his wife, Carly. It is their passion. It is the work of their life. Um, and they have made such a significant difference. When you ask what PR is, we just bring that story to the masses. And to be able to tell that story of them raising more than a million dollars of what they bring to kids, of what they've done at the U of M Masonic Children's Hospital, that is like the greatest story to be able to tell. And that's our responsibility in that. So we're not the doers. We are the amplifiers. And now that so many more people know that story and for him to be recognized, like that's that that means we've done something. Yeah, that's awesome. So, which I think is cool. What's cool about that is like that story can now inspire the next person. And that uh-huh. has everything to do with what you're doing. Like you said, you're the yeah. amplifier. You're the multiplier. 
We are. We are. We. I mean, that is essentially what PR is, is that it is a multiplier for all of these things. But think of all of the amazing people that we get to do it with. So I've told the story of Kyle Rudolph. I've told the story of Jason Zucker. But then you look at someone like a Ben Lieber who's doing work who we just started working with him and nobody even knows yet. Nobody knows all of the cool things. You look at Xavier Rhodes like he is doing things when nobody's watching, which he doesn't need people to watch to make it valuable. The rest, I think it makes the world a better place by saying, here's how these exceptional human beings are giving back, giving back, and here's how you can be part of it too. That's cool. Like that to me, if that is what I'm doing, that makes, that makes the world for me. There's so much value in that. Good for you. Yes. Yes. So, and it's so fun. And again, because I don't know sports, I'm like, cool, touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) You're playing along with it. I'm like, oh, Jason, how many points did you get? He's like, goals. (laughs) (laughs) What's crazy, too, is like we're in this kind of world now, too, where like everyone really has their own brand. And like Uh sports really give that platform for people to now amplify it. But Uh you have to remember these guys are just normal dudes who really don't give a lot of thought to do you think they're really normal dudes i mean looking at them no they're huge they're talented like they are massive people they have all these great talents and their their mental status probably is out off the charts as well but i'm saying from this the standpoint of like what their focus is is sports they're on what they're good at there's they're not their focus isn't what your focus is so when you're able to like bring two Mm -hmm. together and like they can now see the value in that. It's amazing. Well, I think it's, to me, the question I always ask them is, what do you want to do with this time? Yeah. So, like, we could talk all day. Like, we can run stats about how long a career is in any given league. I'm not so interested in that fact. What I'm interested in is, what are you going to do while you're there? Because yeah. actually what you have is that you get this incredible opportunity of your league that if you want to do something, that league will help to amplify it. Yet you have to do something. Yep. So figure out what that voice and what that time and what you want to do. And here's the thing that is not you. you everybody knows you decide how you want to work. So, and, and that is their job. It is their job to show up to whether you're playing hockey, playing football, playing soccer, that is their job. Do you want to do extra credit for your job? Or do you not? Every, that is a personal choice. and No one is better and no one is worse. Mm-hmm. It is just some people that choose to live that way that also have the capacity to do it. Because some people also can't manage that many different things. Which means build your own brand. Show up at numerous things while you are planning. If you play in the NFL and you have 16 games a year and like you are in this compressed timeline every week, that is hard that is hard and then you lay you land on top of it like doing appearances doing brand partnerships it is not easy it is not easy and so i say that about the nfl but then you look at nhl much longer season baseball like gosh it feels like we're playing baseball all year round (laughs) yeah that's a great point but i mean it's it's important for the longevity aspect to your Uh point because if they take advantage and amplify themselves Uh and do it and doing what they actually want to do that can now carry them so much farther uh-huh. um, beyond the scope of playing football, playing baseball, any of those sports. Uh-huh. And now they actually have something that they can go to and turn to when they're done. Well, I think that they also can make a difference. So if they have something to say or if they 
if they want to recognize where they come from or what they do. Like Xavier Rhodes, amazing human being, and his partnership is with the Boys and Girls Club. And so it is important to him. These are like he sees himself in the work and the kids that he's able to serve. It makes a difference to him. And for them to see him and for these kids to hear his story, it's it's kind of an awesome moment because to your point, I challenged you on are they normal? Yeah. Because I don't think that they are. They are truly superhuman. And when people ask me, like, why do athletes make so much money? They're giving their lives for our entertainment. Great point. Like this this is it is a lot. Um, and so are they worth it? I don't know. I think like life is very precious. So, yeah, I think it would when you look at what they the potential downfalls of what they give for us. Um, but also to be able to connect with people that you're like, oh, I was a kid like you, too. Yeah. Like I needed that. And to for someone like Zay, who is willing to tell these kids and laugh with them and giggle and be funny and silly. It's pretty awesome. It's freaking cool. And those kids are going to remember it and they're going to be like, oh, like he wasn't just that superstar on the field. Like he was just a normal normal guy yeah that's the it's the relatability mm-hmm. factor that i was yeah. getting at and it's like that's what you um that's what these guys bring out when they do these things for other mm-hmm. people and like go to all these brand awareness things where mm-hmm. they're working and talking to all kinds of people it's it mm-hmm. comes out and it's fun mm-hmm. it's great it, stuff. it's really awesome when you get to uh learn about an athlete outside of the playing sphere that's what people want mm-hmm. so we actually did we went and did a survey with high school students and what do you want to know about athletes and the number one thing that came back was that we want to know what happens behind the scenes and when they're not on the field there you go which to me that's a really important fact because if someone if an athlete's going to say like what should i be doing on my social media what should i be talking about what should i be promoting like that's it so like and a couple of things that i always say is like we need more pictures of you no helmet like helmet helmets like make life really difficult because then people can't recognize you so take off your helmet show it in real life be willing to share like also create a boundary if you need boundaries because not everyone wants to have all of their kids mentioned or all you like to see that but also be willing to share things that people wouldn't otherwise know Mm. because that's what people glom onto and i actually think it's something that with each of our athletes, why we are successful with them is we we spend a lot of time getting to know who they are because every single one is different. Mm-hmm. And as fans, I think you need to polarize fans in some sort of way or give them some sort of Velcro to latch on to, which if you are just going to be the athlete that says, I'm a stand-up human, I have my faith, appears from the outside as everything that I do is good and I don't have any controversy or any sort of strong opinions as far as I'm concerned like that not not interesting not interesting because you haven't given anybody anything to create a relationship with Mm -hmm. we need relationships are built on some sort of fabric and you brought it up earlier about vulnerability like show me something show me like what hurts tell me what you love like Even if it is ice cream, I don't know, but it like makes a difference. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. So that's where we dig down to, to figure out. And I think that's why we've been successful because it's not cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you're looking for like media spots for these people to show that side of them, Mm -hmm. where do you typically go? 
Um, that's, what are your that's a great resources? question. So obviously, as we are looking for media spots for them, we have to give media something to talk about. That's not just how they play. Yeah. So because media, here's the interesting thing. As you are working with a professional athlete, nine times out of 10, sports media will talk about them regardless. In <laughs> yeah. addition, they're going to talk about things that athletes don't always want to talk about, which is their performance. So you have to give them something else to talk about. So we dig down into what is that story, which a story is a lot of times like with actually with all of them, it is their charitable giving. It's their community partnerships. It's the things that they're doing when nobody is watching. Those are the stories that we bring to media, but Mm. we don't just bring it to sports media. We bring it to lifestyle media. So that means bringing them here to be talking to you because you're not just talking to sports media. Now, thankfully, some of them also Kyle loves Barstool. loves barstool has a great relationship there so like he loves to talk to them he'll talk about like how he plays he'll talk about other people he will also talk about the charitable giving that he does it's awesome Uh you're opening the doors for them to be that relatable source that you're challenging them for yeah well and i'm interested in that in this can we i'm always interested in that like does my mom know who they are Because my mother is not a sports fan, but if we can bring some of these people and their incredible work to the masses, and so that it eventually ladders up to my mom, who's like, "Hmm, like, I was watching Carol Evan, like, Kyle Rudolph was on talking about his lake bash. I'm like, yes, like, we won. Love that. Let's answer it. Yeah, who's calling? Steve, Investor Steve. Oh, Investor Steve. Yeah. I'll talk to him. Yeah, let him know, dude. Let her know we're talking. We're we're talking. We're in the middle of a podcast. Hi, Steve. We're in the middle of a podcast here. Oh, All good, man. <laughs> What's up, Steve? Yes. All right. Well, I'll call you back later. Sorry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he says hello. Hey, Steve. <laughs> hey, Steve. What's up, Steve? That's awesome. One thing. Uh, another thing I wanted to touch on too was just like. Um, how like there's there's this kind of like this new thing of like influencers and how like they there are it, it, i guess the the range of the scope of just being like an it, not only like an athlete but now there's like a whole nother realm of well there's celebrities there's athletes there's business owners there's all these people that have things but now there's even like another one that's like influencers do you guys work with any of those kind of people all the time we have do. a whole department that works with influencers no way when did you yes. guys start doing that um it's been years years okay Mm-hmm. How's so it? not so new, but yeah. I'm going to tell you what's new about it. Yeah. Um, before influencers used to be categorized as like people that had 10,000 plus followers on ev- any handle. Today, you can be an influencer just by having 1,500 followers. Oh. So it is this whole idea. Today, they'd call it micro influencers. But part of what it's about is that. That is who we are turning to for information. And a micro-influencer might actually have more engagement than someone that has 10,000 fans. And why they have more engagement is because they have a specialty. They don't... That might be a super specific, like, chihuahuas that look like they have camouflage. Like, yeah. that could be a super specific... A niche. Kind of... Influ- yes. Yes. So, um, it's powerful. And all of those followers, those 1,500 followers, mm-hmm. care. 
It's not where it's 10,000 followers and maybe you get 800 mm-hmm. of those that really right. do care about what it's what the value is. Right. The majority of them just hopped on a bandwagon because they just saw a lot of people are following them already. Right. So the micro-influencers... Um, they're making have, a difference. Yeah, they make the difference and because they're providing the value to people that care about them. And I love that you're tapping into that and you've been tapping into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really awesome. Uh, but with that... Uh, You've seen throughout your career um, trials and tribulations that have made you who you are today. Some things that you've done well, some things you haven't done as well. At the end of the day, there were some qualities that you held that were average. So this is one of our back pocket core questions. We're two ordinary average guys that have an extraordinary passion to help share stories. And we want to ask you, Alexis, what is your average quality? I don't think I have one. (laughs) You don't have an average quality? I don't know. Like, what's yours? Uh, Mine right now is uh, eating bananas before they go bad. Like, I'll go to the the grocery store and I'll pick out the green ones, knowing that it gives gives me some time before they turn yellow and I eat them. But then I just only eat, like, three of them, and then two of them will go bad eventually. And it's like, ah, God, I'm average at that. Or, like, parallel parking, horrible at that. It's something that, like, you struggle with, but you... It's kind of like in your life all the time. Do you know what's interesting? I think I say that I don't have one. I got this question before, by the way. So like I thought about it, but I think I pretty much everything I do is polarized. I'm either really hot or I'm really cold. I'm either like really smart, really off. I'm either really funny, really not. Um, So... In terms of, like, being that middle ground, I don't spend a lot of time mm. in that middle sort of space. Yeah. So, like, could say I'm an average runner. Truth is, I'm, like, really kind of bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, mm. I just do it. So. I also think that's, like, a that's a shift in mindset, too. Um, and someone who else had the very similar mindset to you was Famous Dave. We had famous uh, I Dave know famous, da- famous Dave has been my client. Yeah, Dave Anderson. And he yep. we asked him that and he goes like, I, he said the same thing. And, um, you know, we force fed on the, uh, he's an average at making Italian food. But outside of that, he, he was like, I'm, I want to focus on the things I'm really good at and understand the things I'm really bad at. I'm never going to focus on anything else. And I, is, is that a similar kind of mindset that you have? Is she out yeah. of battery? Yeah, she's out of battery. No worries. Yeah. There's a battery underneath right here. Anyways, we're good. Uh, well, no. So Mackenzie here is telling me like, Alexis, your average quality email. I'm like, no, Mackenzie, I actually suck at it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, not even a- like average would be a compliment. Yeah. To how bad well, I am. Um. Well, another yeah. thing too is like, is there anything in your life right now that you, um, if you gave it some focus, it you would be kick ass at it and you want to give up some focus that you would be kick ass at running running okay so then you're running at- sports biking because so the, then don't yeah. sell yourself short with it because you do care about it and it's really not a weakness it's really not that you're bad at it you're just really not where you want to be so if you look at it as a negative like oh i suck at it you're doing yourself a disservice but if you look at it as an average quality that's something that i care about and i want to be better at it like podcasting we're average podcasters because we really do want to be the best, and we're going to try every day to improve incrementally. And 
um, for, so for running, when you set, when you tell yourself, ah, I suck at running, you're going to continue to be shitty at running. You're never going to get that. You're yeah. not going to get much better. You know what this is all about? This is what I'm practicing right now. Mm. So number one, thank you. Everything that you just said, you should just like, con- just take that paragraph. That was a magic paragraph. And okay. that was a magic paragraph that I am going to take and I want to capture and bring into my life to read about it again. And that is the smartest statement I have heard today. And I've talked to a lot of people today. So thank you. Good job. Winning. Winning big. (laughs) Um, But it kind of goes into this other thing that I'm working on right now, which is a mindset about manifesting, which it sounds Mm. crazy, crazy town. There is a book called The Secret. You should read it. It's a movie. The movie looks like it was made in 1980, but it is all about envisioning who you want to be and how you want to feel every day and how you want your day to go every day and working with that versus the response. Everything that we are, I mean, in talking about running, everything that I am physically today is because of where I've been. Not because of where I'm going. Mm. So if I wake up every day and think of myself and think of like running a really just a nice having a nice run, being outside, enjoying it, feeling good. That's what I'm going to get versus the dread of like, oh, I got to run that hill again. I got to do that. Got to put out this fire because it stinks. Yes. But that is it is that change in mindset literally will get you where you want to go. And this whole idea of manifesting. So I talked earlier about how like went through some business struggles. Our numbers, like when we looked at our numbers, it was like up, 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 up cliff, like gigantic, like 14,000 foot mountain cliff. Oh, man. Yes. And so what we needed to do was sort of fix that and think about it. And in this vein of manifesting, I actually had someone, since we look at our numbers as visuals, I had someone make a visual of what I wanted our numbers to look like, which was just the continual skyrocket. Yes. And what was amazing. So that is actually, that is the visual that sits in front of me at my desk. And what I manifest every day is that that is where our business is going. And I think about how it feels and how we're going to get there and what that looks like. And what has been most amazing is that once we started doing that, that's exactly what our numbers started looking like. Mm. So because you need to feel it and you need to be it and you need to approach the world with that versus like, I don't know who investor Steve is. I'm sure he's great. If he's like truly investor Steve, then like maybe it is hearing that he's calling, imagining like, oh, investor Steve's calling because he wants an answer on our investment. (laughs) Well, don't know. Don't no clue who Steve is versus like investor Steve's calling because investor Steve is going to be like, I just got a phone call that you guys are in top 100 on podcast so like go you right exactly so that's why he's calling so that's what you guys need to be thinking is thinking that the next phone call that you get is gonna say we're in the top 1000 then we're in the top 500 and we're in the top 100 Mm -hmm. know what that feels to be there that's how you're gonna get there amen it's visualization almost that's what it is but it's mm -hmm. like not corny visualization it's just like not giving any other thing the option yes i sound like a preacher i'm not but i am an ordained minister are you really i married someone last weekend oh my gosh Uh what what was the what was the motive to do that (laughs) um they asked me to and i thought when somebody said would you would you be our minister for our wedding i thought it was just like sign that you were the witness Mm. I got that wrong. 
It wasn't. Oh. And so you I just took the to quick online the course. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've got a badge, clergy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. YouTubed it. You know, tried to figure it out. I assume. No, I read. Yeah, I read a book. Oh, wow. I read a book. I did an outline, but so I know I sound like a minister. I actually am one, so that's fine. There yeah. you go, backing it up. Uh huh. Yeah. Go. Well, we, yeah, we really do appreciate you sharing that, and I know a lot of our listeners will take some true value from it because you care about it and you want to share it. So thank you. And with that, so your average quality, I'm gonna say, is probably running right now because you care about it a lot and you want to get better at it. Maybe self-discipline. I'm just really mm. average at self-discipline. Okay. Okay. All right. Now we're really good. <laughs> yeah. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. We, we're dug, we dug deep and we it's dug. self-discipline. Uh, we got there. Yeah. So like that's where it would all come down to. Okay. Like, awesome. Yeah. So your average quality is self-discipline. Uh-huh. Next question is something that you've held in your back pocket when pressure becomes stress and anxiety is rising. You have used this as your kind of your fuel source to overcome these situations. Um, It is the knowledge that when I am uncomfortable, I am learning and growing and in the space that I'm supposed to be. Boom. Right? Because I was actually thinking, like, as I was pre- mentally preparing to come here, I was like, God, like, what if they ask the question of, like, what are things I wouldn't do? Because I always say, I believe leap in the net will appear. So I will do just about anything. Um, just about anything. But if there was, like, one thing that I'm like, nah, I, like, don't know if I want to do that. It's actually, I was thinking, like, scuba diving. So rare. So random. I don't know why. Just, like, not something I'm like, yeah. Like, let's, no. Not really interested. Don't, like, don't want to be that far underwater. Don't want, no. Um, But as I was thinking and looking deeper into that, if I put myself in that place of discomfort, what would I learn? Because, actually, chances are that's where I'm going to learn the most. Yep. So I constantly put myself in that position, which... It's hard, but it's, that's what I like. So that's my back pocket. Awesome. I love it. And I love I say the same thing all the time. Like everything that I do, I always look, everything is a challenge, right? Uh But what comes of that is just so amazing because of, you know, the things that you learn. I, that's the reason I got into comedy. That's the reason like we're throwing Bocella and like now that we're going through all these things, you're starting to pick up just things from different areas and you would have never thought about that, but. I think what one thing that we are really trying to work on is, you know, making trying something new comfortable because it's not going to be, it sucks. It's not easy to do because the unknowns are all there and it's, you got this, yeah, but it's what also are you gray. Scared of? Don't be scared I'm of not, the unknown. I'm not at all. I, I think it's just like, I'm going to go. I'm the go. same mindset as you just go, just do it and see what happens because mm-hmm. I've, I've done it enough to know that it's really like, it's not a 50 foot cliff. It's like five foot cliff. And then. Mm-hmm. You, you may see the next one. It's like uh, 10 feet. And, but it's like, I already did five, so now I can jump that. And then mm-hmm. by the time you do like four or five times, it's like 50 feet. Feeling good about this one. Might as well just jump mm-hmm. head first this time. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. It gets yes. easier. Mm. So we hope that the messages that we continue to share allow people to feel comfortable trying something new. One of our guests that came on a few weeks ago uh, quit his job as a financial analyst to become a content creator for a realtor, realtor service. Mm-hmm. And he reached out to us and was like, how do can I get into this this field? I'm very scared of quitting my job, but you guys seem to be willing to put this content out and have this this passion to just create content just do, every yeah. single day. I want to have that same fire. And we're like, you just can't be scared of someone saying, looking at your content saying, that is annoying. Why are you doing that to other people? Mm-hmm. Um, all these negative things. And if we had that mindset, uh, it well, would, it, it, yeah, we would be. But no- you also can't manifest it or even give those 
even give those thoughts one inch. Yes. Instead, as you're thinking about it, you need to be thinking, people are going to love this. I'm going to love it. Yep. That's how it's going to land, and that's how it's going to resonate. Because if you were sitting around thinking, like, oh, they're going to say that, not going to like that. Well, actually, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it took six months, maybe even longer than that, when we started doing this, of that mm-hmm. thought process. Because we were releasing these podcasts as we were looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. So we're like, employers are going to listen to this, and they're going to be like, wow, these guys are really our knuckleheads. How are we going to – why would we hire anyone? We got over that. We were like, this is the stuff we want to put out, and if mm-hmm. people see us this way – the right hire will come because, and mm-hmm. if they do listen to it, the right hire will come because this is stuff that we actually care about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Relentlessly positive mm-hmm. is what it all is, man. Yeah. I like that. That's what, so I actually have note cards. So when I write people, I still write handwritten notes. My note cards say Alexis Walsko, beacon of positivity. So that's it. my number one strength. Beacon. Yes. Shining so bright. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. trying. Just that'll, trying. That'll be, not easy. Yeah. It is not easy. I think that's the episode you. title. Beacon of Positivity. Featuring Alexis Walsko, founder of Lola Red. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Phenomenal. And the next question we ask is, we actually open up the door to you to ask questions. And you started off this podcast with asking us questions, but now we've gotten to know each other a little bit more. I'm Uh curious if you have any more questions for us. I want to know, what is your timeline to get on the list of top podcasts? Mm. Uh, uh, top podcast guest for us or to get at, no, to, to become... get so that you become a podcast that then is one of the top podcasts on the ratings that's an awesome question in the sorts that there there's no blueprint to say do this and you'll become a leading source in your in this industry because no one has started a podcast without the backing of their own personal brand of their own company and been successful yeah um, for example like npr's Joe Rogan, all these yep. people, top charts because NPR built a brand outside of podcasting, yep. brought it to podcasting, dominating podcasting. Yep. Back pocket uh, is their brand is podcasting. So it's like, what do you do if you could you could put money into like Joe like Joe Rogan is a separate entity from the podcast and where you can dump money into the marketing and everything right. and then his podcast will see a share of that amplify. But for podcasting or for the back pocket. It's like, this is us. Like, this is what we do. You're not answering my question. I know. I'm getting to it. So, so <laughs> the plan the plan is this. <laughs> you you can only see far because you I'm stand. not interested in the plan. I just want to know when you're going to get there. Mm. Ooh. I don't know. We don't really have a timeline. Screw the plan. That's a somebody. Your plan? That's somebody else's plan. You're worried about doing it the way that somebody no, else has no, done no it. One, no one has done it. We are creating Great, So it. go find your path and say, in one year, we are going to be searchable in top mm. 500. Okay. Can you do that? Yeah. I th- but like, I don't know. I guess our, our you goal... You have to yeah. decide that that's where yeah. you want to go. Don't just listen to me. Well, I know, but we don't see necessarily... Like, the ranking... I guess here's the thing. The rankings don't... We don't really give don't a shit give about Don't give a shit about I don't yeah. need to be the number one podcast. Like, don't need to... If I'm on the number one up there, it's not going to be like, oh, I've won. Like, yeah. that's not what I'm So after. then when do you know that you've won? I'm winning right now. That's also important. Yeah. Every single day answer. I have a chance to win. And I accept that. And uh-huh. Declan and I, we, we get fired up we're texting yeah. each other all day today um when about we're at this. work yeah. about this yeah. because we when Mackenzie reached out to us about three weeks ago that is one of the coolest moments that someone found us because we put this content out there yeah. and they said i love what you're doing i'm seeing you everywhere are you getting teary yeah, yeah because it's I, sick. I, I, I love it's super it. sick. <laughs> i care about this so much yeah, yeah. he's a crier and, yeah and, and andrew cries and all she, the time on this podcast <laughs> and, and she had the wherewithal to reach out like that was 
That's I, awesome. I, when I, I called her the other day to just tell her what we're up to and how much time and effort we put into this. Yeah. It's sick. And You're going to make me cry. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone saw the value yeah, and was like, exactly. I want to have the person that I see value in come on your show. And I'm like, absolutely. How can we make this happen? Yeah. And we schedule the time. And then ever since then, she's been trying to get more and more guests for us. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. This is having her in the room, having me in the room. Watch out, guys. Well, that, I'm not joking. Listen to this. I, this is where. This is how we're going to get and there. And remember, I want to do it in the basement of my building. <laughs> yeah. But like, you, you I'm stand, Sorry, he yeah. needs a tissue. I don't have one. Oh, dude. God. We no, don't, but not, I love that. Grab, that's, hey, grab no, that back pocket shirt. Can I shirt. tell you something? Yay, you. Like, yay, you. You're in your space. Mm-hmm. You're doing your thing. It's making a difference. Get ready. Get ready. Yeah. Because this is like this is when the magic happens. You have to be that passionate. And I can't tell you the number of days, the number of times I've cried. I like hysterically cried a week ago at the office because for the first time in 10 years, my girl that I've worked with for 10 years who sat across from me who helped to build the business here moved to Denver for us. I showed up and I'm like, uh, she's been next to me like longer than most people have been married. Wow. Uh-huh. But so, Amazing. but that's that is the tears are the passion to be there and to be doing it, but also celebrate. Don't celebrate for too long, but like acknowledge the moment that like you're getting traction. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and Keep that's it the going, thing. and we're gonna help you. Thank you. It's awesome. Yes. So that's and that's like the part that I get super fired up about, and that Andrew does is like the second you guys reached out to us, the second we put together a media kit for the first time, the second we figured out how are we gonna get this podcast to get to a thousand downloads. That's goal number one. Then it's ten thousand. Then it's a hundred thousand. Then it's a million. And then by the time you look up, then we are top five hundred. No problem at that point. But you stand on. You can see far because you stand on the, shoulder, on the shoulders of giants. You guys are connected to the coolest freaking people in the world. The coolest people that we want to talk to on this podcast. Not only do we have that, but we have the capability of reaching out to an organic audience that's just dedicated to us. Like you said, these micro influencers that come out of nowhere. Why are they there? It's because they they are consistent. They care. And they're passionate, right? And Andrew, we're going to play you through. We're yeah. going to play you through. You're going to make <laughs> well, it. Well, he's going to make it through this thing. I don't know when it's going to happen. <laughs> but, like, the it's what okay. the, the reason he's crying and the reason, like, I should be crying is, like, the stars are finally aligning to the point where, like, I can just – we can just go. We can just freaking take yes, this thing and so go. just be in that it's and crazy. enjoy it and it's be awesome. thankful because that's the other thing about manifesting is um, I'm going to get back on my soapbox, but you have to be so grateful and that's what would make me really teary is that you don't get the best from the world unless you give your best to the world. Mm-hmm. And if you are grateful every single second, and it is hard to be grateful for the bad stuff, but it comes at you because you're supposed to be there and supposed to be in it. Yep. Dude. So, and it. I've like, I've, I've been there a lot and I haven't always been grateful for it, but that's when you learn and that's when those are the best lessons. And if you can find that gratitude, like you, you, you good. Oh, great question. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Love that. Can I end on, on that high note of a great question? We have one final question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't it, worry. It is a simple question. What did you learn today from the moment that you woke up to when we're having this conversation? Um, I, you actually taught it, you said it earlier. Um, and I, I, I think what it is, is I think that it is to 
catch and listen to the moments that the world is telling you something and to listen to what that is and be willing to have belief in that. And so when you're saying like things are starting to click, that's also like, that's the world telling you something. Mm -hmm. And that's what Mm -hmm. I learned today was to remember that and to know like that's the, there's a plan out there. Absolutely. Thank you so much, is Alexis. Is that a cool lesson? Yeah, that is that's, that's perfect. Awesome. Do we what get to drink now? Yeah. Yes, we can. Okay. We drink now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm joking. Thank you so much for okay. sharing your time. Yay, thank you. She says, I'm gonna have to try and catch her now.